Greetings from the Pumpkin Patch, and welcome Halloweeniacs to the Jack-O-Lantern Press Podcast, where we discuss monsters and Halloween. My name is Michael Piccarella. And my name's Tom Piccarella. It's Monster Monday, when Tom and I briefly profile a monster of the week. This Monday's monster, the witch. That was a clip called The Witches from the 1979 Disney album Chilling Thrilling Sounds of the Haunted House. And if you're a monster, then you know why for this Monster Monday we're discussing witches. That's because the witching hour began at midnight last Friday when bewitched witches came together in Transylvania's Witches Meadow for their time-honored annual ritual when between midnight and 1 a.m. they cast spells that opened Transylvania's great portals to transport monsters, ghouls, and goblins to the human world in preparation for Halloween. So all through August and September, these super portals will remain open to allow scares to slide into the other dimension. And so yeah, we're going to be profiling the witch this evening. But first, Tom... Is there anything you want to bring up about this year's Witching Hour Festival before we get started? Well, here's the thing. The first thing I want to bring up is if you want to get the bigger story about how the portals open and and everything about it, then definitely check out our book, Transylvania Traveler. Uh, you can you could get the book at jackolanternpress.com. It goes into way more detail than what you just explained there at the at the beginning of the show. Um, and goes into great detail about once you get there, how to get there, how to prepare yourself, so on and so forth. So definitely check that out. Uh, but this year, I'm yeah, it's excited. a travel guide for sure. Uh, Transylvania traveler, obviously. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's gonna get you all set to get there, go there, travel through the area. But yeah, the whole first chapter is all about Witch's Meadow and the Witching Hour Festival. That, uh, yeah, so, that is taking place still now in mo- in the yeah, monster universe. So real quick, uh, do you think the witch is just as pinnacle as, let's say, like a pumpkin or a skeleton or or a ghost? Or I think a definitely werewolf? it's yeah, it's definitely. I mean, whenever you see a Halloween decoration, you know, uh, there's I would say eight times out of 10 there's a witch in it i mean let's see what happens if we just do a google search of halloween i guarantee you a witch image is going to come up let's see yeah halloween i I personally think that if you don't have witches in halloween uh then you don't really have halloween uh, because witches are huge uh and look at all the decorations we had when we were kids all those paper decorations we'd put all over the the walls we had like three or four different types of witches, uh, you know. Yeah, there's, there's got to be a witch every year. There's got to be a witch flying on her broom through the moon. You know that has to happen. I mean, there's a lot of. I'm doing a, an image search. It's 
mostly jack-o'-lanterns actually but there's a witch hat there there's a witch not this is not eight times out of ten well um, even if you at least go not to, in the search if you go to michael's or you go to to any of the stores walmart any any main store they usually have something that has to do with the witch whether it be like oh yeah children you know a witch's broom there's there's all those decorations where they talk about uh you know the witch that you know flies into the into the door and it's like squat you know oh yeah smashed up against the door there's usually you know brooms that you could buy uh they got the the mats that you could put down on the on the ground that always says something about a witch so my personal opinion is that you would not have halloween uh the way that Halloween should be without having some kind of witch involved. And that's, well, like I said, that's my personal opinion. Well, and the um, other thing too, you know, for those who know about the monster universe, you know, reading in our book about it, you you would not have monsters in the human world without the witches because they, well, exactly. well you wouldn't have as many because they cast the portals where all those Halloween monsters come through and they, they go from the monster universe to the human universe. So, right. Yeah. You have to have them. Yeah. I totally so. agree. So, yep. All right. Well, uh, you ready for some history on the witch? Yeah. All right. Well, let's dig in. So, according to Lisa Morton's book on Halloween, it's called Trick or Treat A History of Halloween. Halloween witches date back to the 1400s. So, beginning in about 1480, tens of thousands of people, mostly women, were imprisoned, beheaded, hanged, or burned alive at the stake as witches. The image created was that of a malicious hag with a broom, cauldron, and cat, which are three symbols of feminine, or at least at the time, were three symbols of feminine housekeeping. These women were sometimes accused of killing others by creating or spreading uh, plague. Now, in 1590, Protestant King James I, known as the King of Scots, King of England, and the King of Ireland, sailed to Copenhagen to marry Anne of Denmark. On their return to Scotland, they experienced terrible storms on, according to Lisa Morton's book here, Halloween night of all nights. So King James accused dozens of Scots of attempting to menace their voyage, which would eventually lead up to the infamous North Berwick witch trials. Uh, Morton writes that because of that, Halloween is now forever to be firmly associated with witches, cats, cauldrons, brooms, and the devil. And it's kind of crazy. That's back in 1590. That after all these years, those symbols with the witch, the the cat, the cal- the cauldron, uh, brooms, like they're still like as strong as ever. So I mean, I just thought that was crazy. When you look at like the origins of Christmas and and even Halloween, like it's morphed into so many different things, but those icons are still prevalent in Halloween today. Um. And then there's one other little thing. There's a video 
that it's a short video that the History Channel did about the Halloween witch, which we're going to link in the show notes. But it goes into why a witch is dressed in black, why she has green skin, why she has a tall pointy hat, and why she flies on a broomstick across the moon. Um, And it gives a little bit of the history. It states that witchcraft existed all over the world and throughout history and how between 100,000 and 200,000 people, and this included men, women, and even children, were arrested on suspicion of being witches. And half of those people, or they say about half of those people were actually executed, which is crazy. And the green skin, by the way, do you know where that comes from, Tom? I don't, but I know that I read it somewhere when we were writing our book, uh, but I can't remember where it, where it was. It's it's from the Wizard of Oz. That's where a witch okay, got that, green that's skin. What I, that's what I yeah. was thinking. And the it's it's only just, they didn't even intend it to be green skin. It's just that's the way it looked, like the makeup that they use. It's the way it looked in Technicolor, or that's, what the, that's how the story goes anyway. But, you know, obviously there's many different witches in history and in popular culture. Our witch in our book is an orange witch, and that's probably because Halloween orange is everywhere in the monster universe. Um, And I know you're probably going to talk a little bit more about that, but before we get to your stuff, I did want to say one other thing, and that is there's some really cool history about Sarah Marshall who is the not scary farm witch. So I'm going to put a couple links in the show notes. There's a a written history about that witch, um, which talks a little bit about one of the shows that not scary farm used to do, which was these hanging um, shows where they would hang this Sarah Marshall. Um, So I, and then I also have a couple videos. There's one that's a 2019 video of that show. There was a, a haunted a haunted walkthrough that they did at Knott's, which was supposed to kind of show the history of that witch. And then there's an old 1998 video of that hanging, uh, which is a little different. So we'll put we'll put those in the show notes so you could check that out because it is kind of cool. And if you ever go to Knott's Scary Farm again, it's nice to to know the history. But that's what I have for. Uh, for the history origins of the witch and uh, Tom I think you were going to give us some uh, more information about witches yeah so what I was going to jump into uh, is obviously what I usually do is find powers and abilities and there there are a ton but I'm going to read from our book the Transylvania Traveler because oh it's a uh, good choice I think yeah, I think that we have have a lot of what we usually talk about in here. So if you if you go to the Witch's Meadow um, in, introduction there, where it says "Take me to your leader," uh, first that image that uh, that Frank drew is great. He did a good job on the on the illustration there. Um, but the one thing that I wanted to bring up is just its likes. Um, so the orange witch likes magic, likes brooms, cauldrons filled with special stews and potions, uh, playing the harp with magic, poison apples, Halloween night, spell books, and uh, and notes to help her cast spells. Basically, because she has a bad memory, uh, she likes flying brooms, <laughs> dark dungeons filled with corridors, corridors and creatures, and the 1993 film Hocus Pocus. 
uh, just because, you know, the Orange Witch adores Sarah Jessica Parker. Dislikes. She doesn't like little children. She doesn't like splinters from her flying broom or other witches and wizards she competes against uh, in their duels. Of course, nobody likes another person competing with you. Characteristics. Orange peel skin, deformed teeth, inflamed gums, constant cackling sounds, dresses in a black robe made from torn rags, a black pointed hat, dark moles on her face, uh, she moves slowly except on her broom, and uh, has some high intellect and a strong sense of intuition. But she's very OCD, uh, rechecking spells repeatedly, reciting lines of her, her curses over and over until she gets them just right. And that's what makes, you know, makes the spells, you know, that much better is because of that. Uh, and, you know, since we're in the whole COVID thing, the one thing that she's kind of uh, really OCD about is washing her hands over and over <laughs> and over again. So she probably won't get the, the COVID-19 virus. Her purpose, obviously, is to create the great portals uh, that bring the monster folks uh, and others to uh, to and from Transylvania, and we we kind of already gone went over that. Uh, powers and significant abilities, invulnerable to fire and holy water, can gather an army of flying brooms and riders to battle by her side. She could also see into the future and can take on many other implausible forms. Weaknesses, if you gag a witch or freeze her tongue, she, uh, she can no longer utter the phrases to cast her spells, which renders her next to useless. Break her broom and she becomes much weaker. Blind a witch and she can no longer turn uh, to her complicated notebooks or cast spells. And then salt. Uh, one of the things that that I I also found in uh, just another website. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, it's nerikchase.com. That's N-A-R-I-K-C-H-A-S-E. This is kind of a list of powers and abilities in fiction, and they have another uh, you know little bit of supernatural powers, potion making, mediumship telepathy, telekinesis, necromancy, pyrokinesis, healing, clairvoyance, precognition, reincarnation, uh, evocation, and appearance alteration. Uh, I thought that, that they had a really good list. One of the weaknesses that they brought up was decapitation. So if you chop a witch's head off, they're oh, I didn't much know done. that. Huh. Uh, and they bring up fire. The other thing, too, is is that they said that some witches, but if you really think about this, some witches are just brewmasters, basically. They make potions, and then those potions do stuff. But really, at the end of the day, they're, they're humans. Um, so if you could kill a human, you could kill them. The difference is, is that can you kill them before they have some way of of actually casting a spell, which most of the time they do, which is what usually stops stops them from you know being able to either cast a spell or stop them from dying because they have cast the spell 
So I thought it was a, a pretty cool article. Uh, if they want it, you know, anybody wants to scroll through that, um, I thought it was kind of neat, just on top of what we had in our Transylvania Traveler. Uh, one other thing uh, that I wanted to put on there is the best witch of all time. There's a there's an article that came off of the HuffPost. Um, Dot com that we'll put in the show notes. I sent that to you, Mike, so you could kind of follow along with that. I don't necessarily think these are the best 13 witches that they put here, but it was interesting. They put Aunt Zelda at number 13 from the Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, and Dora from Bewitched. Uh, she's kind of, She was kind of neat in that show. Uh, Alexandra Medford from The Witches of Eastwick. Uh, Aunt Frances from Practical Magic. I've never seen that one. I thought this was a really good one. The White Witch from uh, The Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe. Uh, she did a really oh, good job. I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, huh. Regina Mills from Once Upon a Time. I don't remember that. Nancy Downs from The Craft. That one came up quite a bit when I was doing research uh, because The Craft is completely about witches. Um, it is a decent movie if you like uh, you know, witches and whatnot. I think a lot of people like that. Uh, the Grand High Witch from The Witches movie. Uh, they bring up Ursula from The Little Mermaid, which I thought that was interesting. Uh, huh. Fiona Good. I'm not really sure if I'm pronouncing that right. American Horror Story, which I have not watched, um, but I'm going to. Uh, Winifred from Hocus Pocus, which, I mean, that's great. The Wicked Witch from the West is coming at number two for The Wizard of Oz. And I don't know about this last one, but they brought up Professor McConaughey from Harry Potter as being number one. The number now, one? Yeah, I I don't agree with that at all. But eh. maybe some other people might say, yeah, you know, she was one Because of the Harry ones. Potter's just so big. It's just so you popular. Know, like, oh, Harry Potter. Yeah, it's just, yeah, because Harry Potter's popular. But as far as, like, best witch? So uh. it, here's, here's an interesting thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, just because... I always was freaked out of this, but I was going to ask you, what was your favorite witch, uh, maybe of all time right now, or maybe when you were younger? I'll just tell you mine real quick. That I wonder if me, ours are going to be the same. I wonder if we're going to say the same, the same thing. But yeah, go well, ahead. We might, <laughs> but I have two of the one of the witches that used to scare the living crap out of me. It's the one from Snow White. Yeah, yeah. And the one that from definitely. The Wizard of Oz. Yep, there's that's the one I was going to say. So, yeah, I always always think like when I think of a witch, it's kind of hard not to think of the witch that, you know, the one that the queen becomes, that haggy, you know, witch. Uh for sure. Like she definitely embodies what you think of as a witch. Um but yeah, for me it's that witch in Wizard of Oz when she was riding that bike and that that theme yeah. all that. But then I of always course, remember the green, that part. Her voice, her laugh. Um, 
you know other other witches that come to mind are like clash of the titans this this i think they're called the stygian witches oh um, yeah where they, where they, the they can't see yeah give us back yeah. the eye that definitely if i was to say what my favorite witch or witches was i would think i might say from the the 19 what is it 1977 a&m um uh halloween album called halloween horrors on the back of that that's that one that travis had tom and on oh, the I back of that talking about yeah, yeah they have those cool witches i'm gonna send this to you real quick they have those cool witches there's three of them right around the a cauldron and i don't know that really says halloween to me halloween witch yep um yep. of course you know the decorations we had those those uh the ones that uh, we had in our kitchen. Maybe I'll find yeah. him and see if I can link exactly him in the show That's exactly the notes. one that I was that I was thinking about. That that picture. Make sure you put that somewhere in the show notes if you can, uh, because yeah, people I, I yeah, think I will. would enjoy enjoy seeing that. Uh, one For other sure. thing that I wanted to bring up was I've been reading the Fable Haven series, and I love I love the series. I'm on the last book. But I will go back to the very first book of the Fablehaven series. And they had a, a character called Mur- Muriel Taggart. Uh, she was one of the orig- uh, she was a witch who was originally the wife of one of the former caretakers of the land Fablehaven. And uh, and then something happened to her and, and then she turned out to kind of be like this whole old hag. But the way that that Brandon Mole, who is the author of of the Fable Haven series, the way that his descriptions were in the book on on how he introduced that character and then how significant that character was throughout the first book and even into the second book, uh, it they they just did a really good job with her, and uh, and so I wanted to bring that witch up. I did put a link. Um, or I, we'll put a link in the show notes, uh, but but she I, I think if anybody has not read the Fable Haven series, definitely just go grab it and read even just the first book so that you could you could uh, take a look at this at this witch. There's no pictures or anything, um, but there is uh, there is some really good descriptions uh, by Brandon. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was I found a, an all recipe. Um, brew that you can make on Halloween night or even whenever the heck you want. It's on allrecipes.com. We'll put this in the show notes as well. It's kind of a just a little fun thing. Uh, they have all of the ingredients and how to make it. Uh, basically, you have cranberry juice. You have uh, desserts, gelatins, dry powder, uh, ginger ale, soda pop, sparkling apple cider, and then some gummy snakes. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's neat. So I thought that, uh, out of 119 ratings, uh, it, it got four stars out of five. So I, I think it would be kind of fun for people to go out and make this. The other thing that well, I want to bring thing, up. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, oh. before you leave the, the brew thing, the other thing is in our book on page 16, there's a recipe for a witch stew perfect in the sunday supper cauldron uh, oh, which yeah. you can 
you can check out, you know, some of the ingredients inc include one jar of crushed ancient bones. If you don't have that, you could use beefy onion soup mix. Um, it needs some possum with all the fat, or you can use a beef rump roast trimmed of fat. Uh, there's all kinds of neat things that you can use. In your, oh, look, here's a, you need a quarter cup of corpse powder. Uh, but if you don't have that, I guess you can use all-purpose flour. Uh, but yeah, check that out. There's there's also, um, that's in our book, but we also have it on Jack-O-Lantern Press as well. So uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So even though you really should just buy the book, but at least, you you know, if you really want to just get to it, you can uh, you can go to that link and, and make the recipe. But it'd be better if you actually just bought the book. You should definitely get the book. So one other thing that I wanted to bring up, and then I'll throw it back to you, uh, was in the Pathfinder role-playing game book, one of the uh, Beastary number two books, uh, all the way in the back, it was kind of neat. They had something called a witch fire, which is a beast. And it was interesting of how they expressed like what this what this creature why this one even exists in this in this tabletop game called the Pathfinder or Pathfinder. And so I'm going to read it to you. It, it it's this this beast is called a witch fire and it says when an exceptionally vile hag or witch dies with some malicious plot left incomplete or proves too horridly tenacious to succumb to the call of death, the foul energies of these wicked old cronies sometimes spawn incorporeal, incorp oh, incorporeal, I'm going to mess that up, incorporeal, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> undead known undead known as witch fires man i can't believe i screwed that up that bad these ghostly creatures appear much as they did in life although the grotesque undead energy that births them makes them appear young and attractive uh and uh, and their bodies in a powerful and it gives off a powerful aura of sickly green flame, a ghostly fire referred to as a witch flame in local legends. So basically, it takes the look of this of this witch, and if whatever bad that they had going on, it makes this green sort of like flame from them, and then they go around and they they basically finish up what they wanted to to do, like in an evil sort of way. And I just thought it was kind of neat to reference huh. that out of this book. Uh, that once a witch actually dies, they may not completely die because they could turn into a witch flame and come back and get you. Uh, just so you know. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> cool. But that's all, all right. I had as far as as far as you know things, recipes, and 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 stuff like that. So that, I'm I uh, I think that's it. Cool. All right. For movies, uh, there are uh, I, I listed a decent amount just because you know I was kind of curious myself. I was trying to think of which movies you know what some good ones are. So here goes a here's a decent list. From 1960, you have Black Sunday. From 1964, The Long Hair of Death. 
From 1972, you have Season of the Witch. From 1977, Suspiria. From 1988, Witchcraft. From 1990, based on the Ruol Dahl book, The Witches, which, by the way, uh, they are doing a remake of that. It's supposed to be closer to the Ruol Dahl book um, and from Robert Zemeckis, co-written by Guillermo del Toro. Um, and I believe that's coming out next year, The Witches, uh, with Anne Hathaway and Stanley Tucci. So that looks like, I'm sure it's going to be really good. It's Robert Zemeckis. And uh, yeah, so that should be pretty cool. Then, of course, you have Hocus Pocus 1993. And there's a sequel supposedly in the works. Uh, from 1998, you have Practical, Practical Magic. From 1999, 19, boy, I can't even talk, dude. Yeah, from neither can I. <laughs> <laughs> um, from 1999, we have The Blair Witch Project. From 2006, you have The Covenant. From 2015, you have The Witch. From 2017, you have Hagazusa, A Heathen's Curse. And from 2020, Gretel and Hansel, which kind of looks looks pretty neat. Um, if you're in Transylvania and you're looking for witches, well, that's pretty obvious. you got to go to Witch's <laughs> yeah. Meadow. And, uh, Witch's Meadow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going to be all over, but yeah, Witch's Meadow, you know, it's right when you get to Transylvania because that's where the portal is going to lead you. So, yeah. Uh, there you go. So uh, that's about it. Anything else, Tom, uh, before we call it a night? Nope, that'll do it. All right, great. Well, that's going to do it for this Monster Monday. For more about the monster universe and the monster revolution that's upon us, go to jackolanternpress.com. Oh my god, this is Jackie. I just wanted to say another great episode by the Picarella Boys. I have to say, you just got me really, really, really excited for Halloween. I can't wait till next Monday. Keep up the great work. Love you guys. And that was a call from a listener in response to our last Monster Monday episode about birds. And you too can also call us on our pumpkin hotline and leave us a message with any questions, suggestions, or your impressions of the show at 323 323- Seven six one zero two seven six. We might even play your message like we did with Jackie's there, so uh, so definitely give us a call. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a rating and review. It's a big help for the podcast, and we'd greatly appreciate it. So thank you for joining us, and we'll meet up again soon in the pumpkin patch. Yeah.